This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Right. Now we start here with the, uh, the, the health officials stand accused um, of using loopholes in the rules that govern um, the public sector employees to gag doctors and stop them from drawing attention to the failings of state hospitals and clinics. These are the findings of a new report from the non-profit campaign for, campaign for free expression. Instead of uh, acting on the concerns highlighted by healthcare workers, the report finds that uh, managers are turning on them and subjecting them to disciplinary action and intimidation. So let's uh, speak to the... SA project manager for the campaign for free expression, Hanifa Manda joins us on the line. Good morning and thank you for your time. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you, listening. Yeah. Um, right. Let's talk about uh, the report that you've looked into. First of all, what what what, what made you look into uh, the health sector in particular? What brought about this uh, report? Yes. So the work that we do entails monitoring media headlines. And um, Mm. so last year, I'm sure, as I've mentioned um, in the report, there was the case of Dr. Tindemeyer. So as much as the research is not about Dr. Tindemeyer alone, Mm. that is the window of opportunity that we used. Um, Because um, as we were trying to establish the facts around his particular case, we saw that there was actually an opportunity to look at the sector as a whole. Mm, mm. Now, your the the findings I must say are not pretty. I wonder. Obviously, you you were foc- you, as you say you were not focusing necessarily on Dr. Tim DeMeyer, um, but if you're looking more at the health sector, I wonder whether the this would be was this did it come as a, anything of a surprise? Given the fact that I imagine this is the sort of thing that happens, uh, you know, at various other government departments. I imagine even in the private sector, this could be something that is uh, a phenomenon that is occurring there. Absolutely. Um, so for us, really, as you correctly point out, some of the issues were quite obvious based on what was already in the media. But mm. what we found particularly interesting was the, the conflict in the law. Mm. So because our, our research did not, did not only seek to, to, to find out like, how, how many people are being silenced, but we were also looking at what is the instrument of that uh, censorship. And what we saw is it is basically arising from the, the public service rules and regulations. So for us, I guess that was the surprise element because we saw that there are a lot of clauses that actually don't quite speak to each other because um, you find on one hand we've got the public service rules and regulations which, mm. which have got a code of conduct that um, disallows members of, uh, in fact, workers that mm. work for government to engage the media without seeking the approval of their supervisor. Um, and then on the other hand, we've got, um, if I'm to speak um, specifically about health workers, we've got the ethical code of conduct for health professionals. Um, so you find the, the ethical code of conduct encourages um, health workers to act in the interest of their patients and also to save lives. Mm. So what we find happening is doctors and nurses nurses and indeed all other public health workers when they see 
wrongdoing in, in their workplace. And they've used the internal channels as is recommended by the Code of Conduct. Um, no. And nothing is happening. What leaves, it leaves them no choice but yeah. to use the media even without the permission of their supervisors. But, you know, obviously the supervisors aren't going to grant them permission to go exactly. and, and read them out. So that's exactly. where the problem is. Now, let's use the example of Dr. Tim DeMayer. I mean, after he came out... Uh, um, you know, to expose the challenges that he was facing in his envi- work environment at the Rima Musa Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually suspended for a bit, and then uh, because of a public backlash, he was reinstated. What ordinarily, what recourse would somebody like Dr. Tim DeMaya have had? Um, so I am, I'm only going to speak to what, what our findings yeah. were yeah. based on what the law says. Um, I wouldn't know what is normally the sanction but uh, the law actually says for someone because Dr. Tim DeMeyer was actually accused of having um, of having what can I call it his his um, transgression I, I try not to use the word transgression but it's because mm. that's the word that they use so mm. they called he, they called it a severe transgression whatever that he had done mm. the open letter so for a case like that it's usually the most severe um, kind of sanction, which is either a written warning or a dismissal. So we all know after a written warning, your next mistake, you're out, or straight away a dismissal. So that's that's how the law um, that that governs disciplinary action in the public sector works. That yeah. And I mean, if you felt of, of, of yeah. transgression, if yeah. you felt like you're being victimized, what uh, defense would you have? What recourse would you have? Would you have to go through in labor courts and that sort of thing? So that's also another thing that we looked at. And from the people we spoke to, we saw that the labor court route is not something that they would really consider because it's very cumbersome. It takes time. And not a lot of people can go without you know, their salary for that long as, as they await um, the outcome yes. of, a legal, of a legal battle. But um, that is why we are there also as a campaign for free expression, because um, if if there's either advocacy that can be done um, and, or, you know, lobbying for the changing of some of these rules and regulations. You know, the regulatory framework itself needs to be re-looked at and certain things need to be aligned. Okay. And I think that would be just the start because we have so many instances where we've got the law, we've got everything that's supposed to work fine, but the implementation of it is a problem. Got so you. I think it's something that would need to take time from, from the review of the regulatory framework. Then we have to put bodies that can then uh, ensure that there's transparency and accountability. I think that's where it starts. Hanifa Manda is the project manager, the South Africa project manager for the campaign for free expression. Thank you very much for talking to us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.